Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. When I prepare this teaching, I repent and repent and repent and repent myself because I feel that the Lord was speaking to me. So let's pray together that the Lord will speak to all of us. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, that you will continue to build us up. You continue to speak to us and change us. Lord, give us more faith when we hear your word. Help us, Lord, to be repentant Christians, that we will not be stubborn. We will not have a hardened heart or very stiff-necked Christian. We will yield to you and surrender to your word and your Holy Spirit, Father. We thank you so much, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. In today's teaching and next Sunday, we're going to talk about a man who is one of my heroes in the Bible. Actually, he is one of the top heroes for me. Besides Jesus Christ, this man's life really set a good example to me. And his name was Joseph. Joseph. The Israelite who was moved or sold into the land of Egypt. I believe that this message is for every one of us, no exception. You cannot say to me, "Oh, this message is for my wife." No, no, for you too. Everybody need to hear this message. And how many people love to be promoted by God? Raise your hand up. How many people? Want God to trust you and work through you in a very powerful and supernatural way. I want to. I want God to promote me. I want God to use me. And I believe that all of us are believers, spirit-filled believers. We have the gift of the Holy Spirit. We have the special talents that God gives to us. We have unique gifts and talents. But many of us are very impatient and complaining that why have not God and the Holy Spirit used me in a mighty way. Why God is using somebody else but not me? I believe that the sermon today in this teaching about Joseph gonna help you. Why God is holding back on using you, or moving through you in a very powerful way by using your gift that He gave to you, by using your talent. Let's look at Genesis chapter 45, verses 1 to 12 together. Then Joseph could not restrain himself before all those who stood by him, and he cried out, Make everyone go out from me, so no one stood with him, while Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud. Can you imagine? A prime minister of Egypt wept in front of his brothers. And the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard it. He wept so loud that even people outside the room could hear his crying. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Does my father still live? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed or terrified in his presence. And Joseph said to his brothers, Please come near to me. So they came near. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. 
But now, do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves, because you saw me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For these two years, the famine has been in the land, and there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. Now, and God sent me before you to preserve a prosperity for you in the earth, and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you who sent me here, but God, and He made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his house, and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go up. To my father, and say to him, "Thus says your son Joseph: God has made me lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Do not tarry. Do not wait. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near to me. You and your children, your children's children, your flocks and your herds, and all that you have. There I will provide for you." Lest you and your household and all that you have come to poverty, for there are still five years of famine. And behold, your eyes and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see that it is my mouth that speak to you. I believe that in this situation, it was a moment that Joseph was, has been waiting for many, many years. For his dream to come to pass, when Joseph, this young man, at 17 years old, he had two dreams. Unfortunately, he shared those dreams with his brother, and make himself into trouble. Sometimes we need to keep our mouth shut and don't talk too much, because people may be jealous of us and hate us after we share the blessing of the Lord. When he was 17 years old, he saw two dreams. Let me read the dream for you. Genesis chapter 37, verses 7 to 9. There we were, this is in the dream, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheaf stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brother and said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us? He was 17 years old at that time. Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers, make another mistake, and said, Can we make mistakes but God still uses us? Yes. Look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time, the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars bow down to me. Daniel has a special gift from God, the gift of interpreting the dreams. But he himself had two dreams, and he shared those dreams with his brothers. In fact, his brothers did not like him from the beginning, because he was a favorite son of Jacob. Jacob gave him the robe of multiple color. When the brothers heard these two dreams, they were upset. They were mad. They were angry. They were unhappy. They did not have the gift of interpret what dream all about. They could tell right away 
that Joseph tried to tell them that one of these days you're going to bow down to me. They were very upset and decided to get rid of Joseph. So they took Joseph out into the field, pushed him into the pit, but they find out that that pit did not have any water to kill him. He could not be drowned in that empty pit. They saw the Ishmaelite caravan came by, and they thought maybe we get rid of him another way instead of killing him with our own hands. Let's sell him to slavery to this Ishmaelite caravan. So they sold him as a slave to the Ishmaelite, and they pull his robe off, the robe of multiple color, and kill one of the young goat and dip blood into that robe. They went back home and thought, "Ah, it's over." We will never see this guy anymore. It's done deal. He's gone. He's going to go somewhere in the world. We don't have to worry about him anymore. After they went back home, they showed the robe with the blood on the robe to the father, Jacob. Jacob looked at the robe and cried and was very sad. By that moment, all the brothers thought, oh, we're out of the hook. The dad really believed that the favorite son, Joseph, was killed by wild beasts. Oh, we get ourselves out of the hook now. They, the father did not know that we committed this big crime. In the meantime, Joseph went into the country called Egypt. In Egypt, he was sold to be the slave to a man who worked for Pharaoh named Potiphar. Can you imagine, can you put yourself in his shoes? You were sold as a slave. Your brothers hated you. And he has to go through these troubles. I believe that if this happened to many of us, we would be very mad. We would curse. We would get mad at God. We would get mad at the brothers. You never read even one verse in the scripture to show that Joseph was mad at his brothers or his God or his father. He kept his mouth shut. He went into this man, Potiphar's home. He had to do the labor work that he never did before. He became a slave, but the man kept the good attitude. He worked hard with his hand. Labor, manual work for the boss named Potiphar. And the Bible says the Lord was with him. Do you know why he was so sold as a slave? Because he had to pass God's test. If you want God to promote you, if you want God to use you mightily, you need to understand that you have to go through the test of heaven. And the test can be very difficult to deal with. He was going through the test, but he kept the attitude right. He worked hard. He still loved God. The presence of God was with him until Potiphar promoted him to be the head of all the slaves in his house. Wow, what a story. This man kept his attitude right. He passed the first test, the test of faithfulness, the test of being positive toward God no matter what happened to him. But next test was coming. What happened? Potiphar's wife 
asked him, "Could you please live with me?" And in that situation, Joseph could make all the excuses. Wow, my brother, my family are in Canaan. Potiphar's wife would not tell anybody that I sleep with her. This is going to be fun that I have affair with my boss' wife. But Joseph say, "No way, Jose! I'm not going to get involved with this. How can I do this to my boss? And not only that, how can I do this to my God? I know that even though no one in the world." Could not see what I'm doing with you, but one person will see, and that is God. He said no to Potiphar's wife because he passed the test of the fear of the Lord. He feared the Lord. He knew that God is alive. God exists, and even though no one could see, if he sinned against God, God could see. He said, "No way! I'm not going to do this." He ran away. You know, when you face temptation like that, the best thing to do you run away. Don't stay there too long. Get out of that situation asap. That is the second test. Each test not fun. Now come the third test. Wow, this guy. The third test when Potiphar's wife falsely accused him that. He tried to rape her because she can show the his cloth in her hand. He was put in jail. Third test. Have you ever read in the scripture that Joseph complained? Joseph was mad, or Joseph was angry with this false accusation. Somebody lied about him, got into big trouble, got into jail. No, he zipped his mouth. He did not say even one word. He went into jail, continued to work hard, and eventually the chief of the jail gave him the position of the head in the jail. Again, he got promoted. How many people like to be promoted? Even in the time of trouble, he got promoted again, and he met two guys. One guy was a baker of Pharaoh. Another guy was the cup bearer. These two guys had problem with Pharaoh, and they were put in jail. And by this time, after he passed the first test, the second test of the fear of the Lord, he went into jail. Another test. He did not open his mouth to complain. He was still godly, loved God, and what happened? God began to see this man. I can trust him. He passed all the tests. I put into him the gift interpreting dreams. He can interpret the dream. Now is the time that he gonna use his gift. These two guys had dreams as well, and they find out that Joseph could interpret dreams. They came to Joseph and asked Joseph to help. Joseph. Gave them the message: the cupbearer gonna be released in three days, and he was released. Before he was released and go back to work for Pharaoh, he told this guy, "Hey, friend, remember me. When you meet Pharaoh, tell Pharaoh who I am. 
Help me, please. I did not do anything wrong. What happened? Two years passed by. The guy totally forgot about Joseph. How many tests now? One, two, three. This is the fourth test. He was forgotten. He was not helped by this guy for two years in jail. Have you ever read the scripture that Joseph complained that his friend betray him, forgot about him? No. You can see here that by this time, after he passed this fourth test, God looked from heaven and see, wow, this man is real. He really loved me. He really feared me. He kept his heart right. He kept his attitude right. He passed all the tests, and now I'm gonna let people know he had this gift interpreting dreams. Brother and sister, if you go to apply for a job, maybe at Microsoft, and your boss interview you, Mr. So and So, what are you good at? What is your expertise? What can you do for us, Microsoft? And you answer, God give me the ability to interpret dreams. You think the boss at Microsoft gonna say, "Wow, get the position! I give you good salary." I don't think so. I think the boss will say, "Thank you so much for spending time here for this interview. Thank you so much for letting us know about your gift. By the way, whenever we need you, we'll call you. Thank you. Bye bye." Is that right? What I try to say is this: His gift is nothing. Sound like? Not very significant at all in the eyes of the world. Nothing. You can tell when people dream what it means. What a big deal in Microsoft and also in Boeing or medical field. Nothing. But God knows His address. He passed all the tests, four tests. God know His address, and eventually the time of promotion came. The time that somebody gonna tap on his shoulder and say, "Joseph, I need you. I need your gift of interpreting the dreams." The guy, the cupbearer, told Pharaoh, "Oh, I forgot about a man. He is in jail. He is the Hebrew. He was able to interpret dream." Pharaoh called him out. So he got released. He came and stand before the Pharaoh, and he gave the right interpretation about the seven years of famine, and he got promoted. And not only that, by the word of wisdom, he know how to resolve that problem. He got promoted to be the prime minister of Egypt in one hour. His life totally turned around, but. He went through the test for many, many years, but God can perform miracle to have a supernatural breakthrough in one hour. How many people want promotion? What you need to do? You need to pass all the tests. I want to encourage all of you. You may think that you are not significant. You may think that my gift is nothing. Don't look down on yourself. Be faithful. And when you face any situation that looks very bad for you, maybe 
you go through some disappointments, setback. Maybe your ex-husband cheated on you, and you got mad at him. You say, "My life is in trouble right now," or maybe you were deserted by your parents, earthly parents, and you were raised up by another parent. Your parents don't want you because they're too young or something. Or maybe somebody lied about you, like Pharaoh's wife lied about Joseph, and you got into big trouble. You lose your job. You lose your promotion. You face all kinds of these things, and you can choose to fail the test or pass the test. Are you going to be bitter? Are you going to complain? Get mad at God. Get mad at your parents. Some of you may be mistreated by church leaders in the past, and you get mad at that pastor, and you don't want to talk to him anymore. You got bitter. You don't want to see his face anymore. I want to encourage you. Every negative thing that happened in your life, every undesirable thing that happened in your life, is a test from God to see. Who you are? How you gonna respond to the situation? Are you gonna be bitter? Are you gonna complain? Are you gonna be mad at God and mad at people? I remember one time. Let me ask this question: How many people have never been mistreated unfairly? How many people has never been cheated? How many people has never been treated in a bad way in your life? Raise your hand up. So, is this message for everybody? We all. <laughs> Maybe I did something to Pastor Da. She said yes. <laughs> This message for Pastor Da too, <laughs> and for me too. <laughs> One time I consulted with Pastor Da. Somebody really mistreated me unfairly. And she say, "You know, Mum, let go, move on. Don't get mad at that person. Don't hold grudges. Don't hold bitterness against that person. Why? Because if I live in the past, I hold on to the past bitterness, past pain, hurts, disappointment. I will stay there. I will never get to the future promotion that God has for my life." I need to let them go, and move on with my life, for the new things that God has prepared for me. So, in this teaching, we're going to learn one of the keys to get promotion, one of the keys to get success in your life, and that key is total forgiveness. All that I mentioned in the first 15 hours, or just the introduction. We're gonna learn about total forgiveness. Total forgiveness, not partial forgiveness. Everyone say total. Total forgiveness is one of the hardest thing to do in the world. When I prepared this teaching again, I repented and repented, repented because I find out that when I say I forgive somebody, I did not really forgive. I still hold grudges inside me a little bit, but we're gonna learn from the example of Joseph how he totally forgave 
his brother and sister. My brother and sisters, I thank God for the miracles of healing. The blind can see, the deaf can hear, cancer disappear. We appreciate the laying on of hands. We appreciate the people got touched by the fire of God, and miracles happen. Cancer disappear from the brain. We are so thankful for miracles and the laying on of hand and the touch of God. But I want to tell you, total forgiveness is another miracle, even bigger miracle than the blind could see, and the cancer disappear. You can get lay hand on. About one thousand times until your hair start to disappear from your head, you begin to lose your hair because the pastor keep pray like this and slap on your head. You start to lose your hair, and you blame your pastor. Actually, it's not your pastor; it's the hormone. Okay. Anyway, you can get lay hand on one thousand, two thousand times, but one thing that the pastor And God cannot do for you is to force you to forgive people totally. It's your own decision. Yes, God can give you grace by the power of the Holy Spirit. He touch you. The Holy Spirit come in, and you feel, oh, I love that person now. I want to forgive that person. But again, it depends still on your own decision to forgive somebody who hurts you. Totally, you may say, "I don't understand why." Pass the law. Many years ago, when I got saved, I invited Jesus into my life. I was so joyful. I was so full of peace. I'm so excited to go to church. I love to sing song. I love to serve God. But I lost that joy. I have lost that peace. Now I feel dragging my feet into the church. Now I'm not happy to go to care group anymore. I don't want to serve. I want to quit all the ministry I serve. I don't know. I don't have that energy, that zeal, that joy anymore. And then you can say to yourself, maybe I used to wake up at 4 a.m. to pray to seek God, and now I'm going to wake up at 2 a.m. to seek God. Two more hours of prayer a day. You can do that. Nothing wrong, but with that, but you still have no peace. Or you may say, you know, Pastor, I have been giving tithe to church faithfully, never cheat even one cent. I don't have peace now. Something wrong with me. I'm going to give double, twenty percent to church. And thank God, you want to be generous to God, you can give more. But I tell you, that will not make you have peace until you need to deal with. Deep root issue of your life, and that deep issue is unforgiveness. You come to church. You want to do this way, but the pastor want this way. You join the worship team. The worship leader want to do this way, but you say, "I don't agree. I'm going to do this way. I don't like it," and you begin to hold bitterness inside you because you don't get what you want. And then your Christian life in the church start to go downhill because you are holding some anger, bitterness, unforgiveness on the inside of you, and that that steals your joy. Unforgiveness will steal your joy. 
Unforgiveness will make you sick. So, if you want God to use you, you want yourself to be the clean vessel. God give us grace and anointing. The anointing is compared to oil and living water. We are the tunnel, the vessel. In order for the gift to flow through us very powerfully to touch people, to be the blessing to people, this vessel has to be cleaned up. And if we hold bitterness, even though you may have so much gift in you, God cannot use you powerfully, because you have a lot of junks on the inside here. The junk, the unforgiveness, bitterness, hurt, pain, hatred, that. Hold back the anointing, and you sit in the church for seven years and say, "What's going on, Pastor? What's going on? Why has not God used me?" Maybe the problem is that you are holding some grudges and bitterness against people around you. After many years in the house of Potiphar in jail in Egypt, God changed. The life of Joseph so much. He passed all the tests. Can you imagine in front of his brother? He wept out loud. He was a changed man. He was so humble, and he was able to totally forgive his brother. Sometimes we may face a silent season of life. No one called us to serve the Lord in the church for years. Pastor Lau, why don't you ask me to do this? Pastor Lau, keep quiet, silent. <laughs> I'm not important in this church anymore. I'm mad at my pastor. You know, maybe that silent time is a time of testing, the time of changing your character. God knows who you are, and God wants you to pass that test first before He can call you up. Again, you know that Moses was in the silent period for forty years. If you just only in this church for seven years, don't complain. If you're in this church for three months, for silence, no one called you to do anything. Don't get mad. And you know, after forty years of silent time, silent treatment from God, he is working behind the scene still. He's still working behind the scene. He never forget about you. But after forty years, the Bible called Moses the most humble man on the planet Earth in that generation. Sometimes God have to let you go through some disappointment, some hurt, something until you repent and you really forgive your pastor and forgive people around you totally, and you humble yourself, the most humble man in the whole planet Earth, before God can use you. Powerfully. Therefore, don't get mad in the silent time, silent period, because God is testing you. So we're going to learn six indications of total forgiveness. I'm going to mention only one today. I will come back next Sunday to talk about five more indications of total forgiveness. Again, after you listen to this sermon, you have two choices. Number one, you say. Pastor, I don't care. It's too bad. I cannot forgive. I will not pass this test. I'm gonna keep being bitter, angry, and I'm gonna hold on, dwell on to the past. I'm gonna trap myself in the past 
disappointment, hurts and pain, and all kind of junk, I will not move on into the promised land. You can have that choice. Or another choice, you say, God, thank you so much for sending Pastor Lao to teach me. I'm going to repent, and I will never be the same again after these two sermons, this Sunday and next Sunday. Let's look at verse 1. I will mention only one out of six. Then Joseph could not restrain himself before all those who stood by him, and he cried out, Make everyone go out from me, so no one stood with him. Why Joseph make himself known to his brother? The first principle, the first indication of total forgiveness. Everyone say total. Forgiveness. Not partial. Total forgiveness. Okay? At that time, Joseph was a prime minister. He's a hero. He's a big guy. He has to speak to his brother through an interpreter. He was speaking Egyptian language. His brother speaking Hebrew. He dressed in the Egyptian cloth and stand like a very big guy. Maybe you have two like this, standing like that. I learned that in that generation, when people want to show respect to the boss, they do this way. Nowadays, we do this. In that generation, the Roman Empire and the Egyptian, they do this. So I believe all his soldiers came to him. And, and when he was standing there, he said, all of these servants, interpreter, everyone, leave the room right now. And everyone, walk out. Only he and his brother left in that room. Why? In the world, he commanded all these people to leave the room. Because the first indication of forgiveness is you do not tell anybody about what somebody did to you. You keep it secret. You don't tell the whole world what they did to you. Oh, when I read this part, I already repent. <laughs> I'm guilty of this. Sometimes when people hurt me, I tell people. I may not tell you here because I'm the pastor. I confess. Sometimes I tell people in the operating room. You know, that person did this because they don't know me. They don't know what's going on. I just... You know, they did this to me. I feel hurt. I'm still human. I share the problem with the people in the hospital. And now I repented. That I should not share. Joseph knew that if the news leaked out that this guy, the brothers, hurt him in the past, he is the hero in the land. This guy's all these Egyptian soldiers going to hate his brother. And when they move into Egypt, they're going to abuse these brothers because they love Joseph so much. Joseph was like a father of Pharaoh. So in order to protect his brother, his goal is to get them, the whole family, including his dad and all the brothers and all the nephew and nieces and animal, everything, get out from famine in the land of Canaan to come into the land of Egypt and stay there in the land of Goshen. In order for them to be heroes as well, in order for them to live in that land peacefully, no persecution, he need to keep his mouth shut and no one in Egypt, zero, knew about their mistake. 
When you practice total forgiveness, you will not let anyone know about the mistake or the offense that another person did to you. But our human flesh, our human sinful nature, do this way. Ah, I forgive, but I need to put this in the blocks. I need to send a mass email to tell everybody in the church that Pastor Lao did this to me. I need to share this in the line, the group line. <laughs> Deep inside, you want to get even. Deep inside, you want to revenge. You want that person to get punishment. You don't want anybody to admire that person or trust that person anymore. He will lose all the friends. No one wants to talk to him because you spread the news out. That guy is a bad guy. And that is not total forgiveness. When you walk with God, you walk in love and in faith. When people hurt you and you walk in love, you forgive those who hurt you. Is that right? Number two, when you walk by faith, no matter what people did to you, they lied about you, they gossip about you, they cheat you, you still have faith that, hey God, I believe you can pay me back. I believe the year of restoration will come to me. It doesn't matter what other people do, me, do to me. God, you take care of me. Hallelujah. Is that right? You don't need to revenge. If God is for you, who can come against you? If God opened the door for you, To get into the new level, no one can chat. So it doesn't matter what other people do to you. God still raises you up to the next level. That's why the book of First John chapter four verse eighteen say, "There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment or another one say punishment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. When people hurt your feeling." You either walk in fear that that person is going to hurt you again, or you're going to lose your reputation, lose your job, lose your future, or you're going to walk in faith and love and say, "I'm going to forgive you. I'm not in fear. I walk in love. I'm not in fear that anybody can destroy my life. God is on my side." Joseph did that. Joseph wanted to make sure that nobody in Egypt. Would know that the brothers tried to kill him, and not only that, they sold him as a slave to the Ishmaelites. He kept his mouth shut; he did not tell anybody. I thank God. In Psalm chapter one o three, verse twelve, the Bible says, "God has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. He remember our sin no more." I cannot imagine if you go to heaven and God say to you, "Oh, welcome! I want to show you on the screen what Pastor Lau did wrong in his life. Your pastor did so many wrong in his life. I want to show you right now." And you say, "Really?" <laughs> my concern is that that movie is gonna show about my wrongdoing, my wrong attitude, whatever in my life, gonna need many screens. And many hours of movie, but I thank God He will never show what He knows about you on the screen in front of anybody. 
Are you glad? I'm glad you don't know about my mistake. He will not show on the screen. Amen. If you try to tell people about somebody else did wrong to you, you are violating God's principle. And then what is next? You grieve the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Revenge, or getting even, or try to hurt another person, even though they deserve it, that you don't forgive. Grieve the Holy Spirit and destroy your fellowship with God. If you want God to anoint you more, if you want the Holy Spirit to move inside you, move through you, you need to please the Lord. Is that right? How do you please the Lord? Forgive. Total forgiveness pleases the Lord, and then the Lord can move through you and bless you and help use you to bless other people. Amen. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Practice total forgiveness. There are only two exceptions in sharing things with people. Let me give you exception. Two exceptions only. The best you can by the leading of the Holy Spirit to keep your mouth shut. Don't share about somebody's mistake or offense against you. You don't share with anybody. Let it go. But two conditions you need to share. Number one. For the benefit of the person who make mistake, only if you notice that that person still not repenting, still keep doing the same thing again and again, you may share that with his leader, not other people, or you may confront that person personally. Don't share that person mistake with somebody around, but share with the parents or the leader or the pastor. That's it. And keep your mouth shut. Keep the news spread as small as you can. But only if that person continue to keep doing the bad things to hurt people. Number two, you share the mistake of people only when that person clearly come into the community with a bad attitude, with the agenda to destroy many people in the church or in the community. Yes, you need to share. In order to protect everybody in the community, for example, somebody come in and try to borrow money from people all the time, borrow from this person, from this person, and want to cheat and never pay back. After you find that out, you may go and confront that person. Hey, I think you're wrong. We don't allow you to do come and borrow money here. Please don't do this anymore. But that person doesn't want to repent. Definitely, you need to tell the pastor and elders and people around the church and do something called church discipline, which means you need to ask that person to leave the church in order to protect the whole community. So that is the exception. But otherwise, if I have problem with Pastor Caesar and I offend him and make him mad, either intentionally or unintentionally. The issue is over. If he totally forgive me, he will not share that mistake that I make with anybody in the whole world. Only one person will know my mistake. That is God. You present it to God and done deal. Move on. Walk in love. Walk in faith. Believe that no matter what past allowed it to you, God still can bless you. Everyone say total forgiveness. Don't share. Don't tell. 
Pass the test. Promotion is coming. God will trust me. The anointing will flow through me. God will use me more because I pass the test. How many people want to pass the test? Hallelujah! We're gonna have more Joseph in this generation. Amen. In this church, many of you will experience the greatness of God. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for teaching us the life of Joseph, the man of God, the hero of faith. We learn from him, Father, how he walked by faith, how he passed all the tests, and how he showed love and forgiveness to his brothers, his family. Oh Lord, I pray that you will use us, Lord. In a mighty way, when the right time comes, during the meantime, we will do our best to pass all the tests you put upon our life, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We want to please you. We want to make you happy, Lord. We will keep our eyes on you, not on the situations, not on the mistake of people. We will not dwell. On the past, we will not get trapped in the past disappointments, hurts, and pains. We will forgive people totally. Lord, when our flesh start to rise up and want to share something about somebody's mistake because they hurt us, Lord, help us to control our tongues, our mouth, not to share. With other people, Lord, help us, Lord, to pass the test. Thank you, Lord, in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. If you don't know Jesus Christ, I would like to encourage you to give your life to God. You know, I tell you that one of the reasons I changed from Buddhism to Christianity. The reason is this: on the cross, when Jesus was on that tree, he said one sentence that really touched my heart. Because I did not see that in Buddhism. He said, "Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing." In my previous religion, you pay what you. You make some mistake, you have to pay. But for Christianity, for God, somebody pay for you and me. That's why we can forgive one another. Amen. I would like to ask you if you want to give your life to Jesus, just pray with me and ask God to forgive you. Father in heaven, forgive me of my sin. I believe Jesus Christ, the Son of the Living God. Pay the price for me. You forgive me of my sin. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Help me to forgive others as well. Your blood cleanses me. I have a new life. I repent of my sin. 
and eternal life belongs to me now. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. Congratulations. Hallelujah. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. I'm so thirsty.